Welcome to RevMD, a podcast created for healthcare professionals by healthcare professionals. We will share tips on medical billing and coding, as well as workflow optimization to help practices succeed, thrive, and grow revenue. All right, welcome back to another podcast for RevMD. I am so excited to have Dr. Sarah here today to talk about her own practice, uh, ways that she's been able to grow revenue within her own field, but then also a very special service that she provides for private practices and some really amazing tips to help practices thrive, especially in a time where it's so critical that we're paying attention to our revenue, we're paying attention to profitability. And so with that, I'm excited to welcome Dr. Sarah. So welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much. I am so excited to be doing this today. Yes. Okay. So (laughs) I am so excited. We've had a little bit of time to chat today beforehand, but talk to me about you and your specialty and what you do. Okay. Uh, Well, I am podiatry um, and I have been practicing over in the Washington state, kind of Western Washington area for about eight years going on year nine. Um, I've had private practice now been profitable since like month three when I started. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, it's, (laughs) it is. And it's, you know, it's interesting, like the, the marketing strategies to get there and, and, you know, really kind of watching everything and watching it grow. And it's funny now, because I look at how many patients I see in a week and I think back like, God, I remember when I was excited to have like 15 patients in a week, like Mm -hmm. that was a huge milestone. (laughs) And then now I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have 15 new patients this week. This is a little overwhelming. (laughs) That's awesome. So talk to me about, so how did you like high level talk to me about that first year? You know, how did you get Get profitable in three months. I mean, that's incredible for those of, you know, our listeners who say didn't have that success. Like what were your key strategies? You know, I had some time to think about it before I went into practice and really kind of officially opened my doors. And I think the biggest things that are helpful is figuring out what your kind of what your specialty service is going to be like, what's going to make you different. Um, and if you can start out your marketing on what those things are and not try to play the game that you're going to be like everybody else, um, it already makes you stand out like above whoever's in your area. Right. So that's part one. And then part two is making sure that you're like communicating with the primary care physicians. I mean, that's like, those are your point of contact where they're going to have the most exposure to as many patients of yours, potential patients of yours as possible. So like making sure you're sending your notes and just communicating with them, letting them know that you're there is huge. So it, yeah, as soon as I like got really going and started sending my notes back to primary care and, you know, messaging them and asking if they had any questions about our care plan, it just exploded from there. Cause then they were like, oh my gosh, somebody who communicates. And I just started getting referrals. That's awesome. I mean, it's funny how just simple things like communication and follow-up yeah. are really the keys to, you know, growing your own business. And we've seen really the same is. thing. I mean, just communicating with our clients at a very, you know, detailed way, sometimes depending on what's going on with the client is truly critical. So yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. And we need that. So I'm so thankful you're doing this. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> private practice, we need this. <laughs> it, it has grown. We're so excited just to help and reach and educate. And um, even those of uh, our listeners who aren't clients, just being able to share tips so that every single person recognizes there is a way to be profitable in private practice. There is a way to help and get your revenue to grow, but you just have to have some key strategies to really pay attention to. So. Yeah. Yeah. And some systems in place so you don't lose track. I totally agree. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> talk to me about ways that you've grown your own revenue in your practice that maybe weren't just patient related. I mean, I think thinking outside of the box is so important for practices and would love to hear how you've done that. Yeah. So I knew that when I went into practice, I did not want to work like six, seven days a week, just playing the volume game. Like it just wasn't what I wanted and it wasn't going to fit the life that I wanted to have. So I had started thinking about like other sources of income, passive income, things that can happen while I'm not in the office. And honestly, like I wanted to do this back in residency. I never understood why podiatry did not have like manicure or manicure and pedicure spas, um, like out of their office. So I looked into it and I kind of waited for about five years after graduation, looking around, like nobody's doing this. Why is nobody doing this? And then just realized, no, it's, it's because it's a separate business. And I understand people may not want to take that on, but really, truly it was so easy. So when I got into my own space in 2020, I built it out with the full intent of having this medical manicure and pedicure spa that essentially rented out space from me as an office. And that business runs by itself. Like it actually technically has nothing to do with the practice. And that's, you know, for legal reasons. And I highly recommend if people are going to do stuff like this, definitely talk to your attorney first, make sure that you're covering all your bases. Always. Um, yeah. <laughs> always, 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 please always do me a favor and do that. Um, and your lawyer will appreciate it later. Um, and, you know, it really, it's not based on the practice. So, you know, she has clients that come in. I have a certified nail technician, but I had a hand in designing the whole business and choosing the products that I know are safe for people. And, and it goes in with my practice in a sense that I have a lot of people that can't go to a normal pedicure or manicure place because it's just not safe. They're diabetic. They have autoimmune. They're going through chemotherapy but we can provide that because I know how to sterilize everything and I know what products are safe for people to use. So I incorporated that knowledge that I already had that I would prescribe for patients anyways, and essentially provided them with a service that they didn't have otherwise. And it just makes money Monday through Saturday when I'm not in the office, which is great. (laughs) I mean, and that's what it's all about, right? There's got to be, and you know, no matter what you do for a career, it's multiple streams of income. Yes. Making sure that you can build things that do end up becoming passive because otherwise, and I forget, it's got to be Warren Buffett, I think, who said, you know, something about making sure that we're making money while we sleep. And so mm-hmm. that, that is awesome. Yep. Yeah. Well, especially now, you know, I mean, like three or four weeks ago, I got COVID. I was out for a week. It was uh, miserable. But you know what? My spa still ran. Right. Right. There was still money coming in. Right. It was great. So <laughs> I love hearing stories like that. Um, so talk to me a little bit about just your own journey with medical billing and revenue and, and how you've had to kind of really stay on top of things. Oh my goodness. You want the full rundown? <laughs> yes. Good. Yeah. Okay. So I've, I've done this a few different ways at this point. Um, the very first practice that I came into, um, the gentleman, I was kind of office sharing. He was running his thing. I was running mine. And the gentleman really 
wanted to have an in-house biller, but he had kind of decided to hand it off to somebody who had absolutely no training as a biller. Um, And there was kind of the assumption that like, well, I know how to bill for this, so I will teach this person how to do this for me. And I think that that does your practice a disservice, you know, now hindsight being 2020, of course. As it turned out, the reason I really didn't make any money the first few months was because like, I started looking into why am I not getting paid? Why am I not getting paid? And it was because this guy was making the same amount of money hourly if he followed up on two claims as if he followed up on 20. And I had all of these claims that were just like shoved in a drawer and never sent in. Like, I'm not even kidding. I found them in a desk drawer. I was, I was livid. (laughs) Um, But this is the kind of thing that like, if you're not, you know, if you're not following up on it, you know, nobody, what is it? Nobody cares about your money as much as you do. Like that's the phrase we all need to keep in mind. (laughs) Um, so, you know, I think the expectation in that sense of, of having somebody in office that there's no real like incentive for them to go after your money, they're getting paid regardless. Right. So, so I don't even know that that was fair to, you know, assume he would be really, you know, chasing down my claims and stuff. But the thing I did learn about billing companies was that they do it based on, you know, a percentage of what's collected and, oh my God, it's so much better because like, they're incentivized to collect money for you. <laughs> Correct. Why they don't get paid unless you get paid. Oh, and, right. Exactly. And, and it's interesting because I think one of the things I've seen as we've taken on clients who've come from other billers, right, mm-hmm. is that they don't have somebody overseeing the metrics or they don't have yeah. somebody overseeing the process, right? Yep. And there are different levels of uh, billers in terms of experience and terms mm-hmm. of focus or desire, like you said, to go after other people's money. And so, and most of those, uh, individuals are, like you said, getting paid hourly. Yeah. So to me, I think it really all comes down to that overarching review and support yes. the, met- the metrics, obviously. And as you know, I, we teach a, a regular uh, medical billing metric course. And so yes. for any of our listeners who are listening, you can go to nationalrevenuecon.com backslash metric mastermind, and you can come and see and sign up for one of our waitlist classes. But back to the the big picture, right? If you don't have somebody who's overseeing that and looking at that and going, okay, we've had one month that didn't turn out well, that didn't look good. Let's fix that now, not six months when you figure out your bank account doesn't look right. Right. And I'll, you know, and I'll admit, like, I've been guilty of doing that too. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm perfect. Like you get busy, you forget that it's June. And the last time you did anything was January. You know, I mean, those things do happen, but you know, I, I totally agree. I have, you know, I have staff that is dedicated to following our key performance indicators. You know, we have KPIs for the practice that I follow that are done monthly. And it's the same thing that I work with when I've worked with billers. Like we go and sit down and go through our accounts receivable, our AR, at least monthly, if not every other month, if things are running really smoothly. Perfect example is that I, you know, we had an interruption in claims, obviously, in like, you know, June and July, because we were trying to transfer over systems and, you know, takes weeks to get that stuff up and going. So I've been waiting in the bank account for kind of this like big bubble to happen. And it's just not been happening. And I started looking at it and it was like, man, Medicare hasn't paid me in like a month and a half. Well, I know I've seen Medicare patients. So, you know, I, I went in and talked to her about it and, 
you know, she had submitted the claims like she was supposed to, but I was like, I think there's a problem between, you know, our software and the clearinghouse. I think something is not communicating somewhere and we need to figure out where that is because we, they're usually really good about paying like weekly. So she looked into it and sure enough, we've had like 300 claims in the last three weeks that just never like made it to the clearinghouse. Right. And, and, you know, we talked to our company, our software company, they've, they've said they fixed it. We're obviously keeping a close eye on that, but she turned around and sent in like 300 paper claims. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. And, you know, unfortunately, if I wasn't keeping at least a little side eye on that kind of thing, you know, I probably wouldn't have noticed because, you know, three to four weeks is still within a reasonable time frame that some slower insurances just haven't paid. Yeah. And, you know, I think me from six years ago, probably would have been like, oh, I'll just keep waiting, you know, right. <laughs> doing the good thing and doing my medicine <laughs> and not worrying about it. <laughs> when in actuality, like, no, no, the one I wasn't getting payment from really is on top of paying. And I, I needed to be on top of that. I think being a business owner in general is just having that flexibility that just because something works right now doesn't mean it's going to work for you two, three years from now. And it doesn't mean that that wasn't the right answer, that you're still searching for this. There is no one perfect answer answer to anything. And I, I think we get hung up on that when it comes to like trying to find billers or trying to find a billing company. You know, I, I heard a lot about that from, you know, other private practice owners. They're like, well, I'm going to go with this one. This is going to be the answer. And it's like, I I don't even know if that's, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, I think you need to find the right match for you. Um, (laughs) you know, and, and like, you're, you're so excited. Yeah. And you're so experienced with like managing larger picture, larger accounts that like, that's going to be hugely beneficial. Cause I think for private practice, we just get so focused on like our daily, you know, day-to-day each patient, you know, you go from each problem, each problem that it's just, you tend to lose that bigger picture and you need a team that's going to help you keep an eye on that. Yes. You have to be able to level up at the end of the month and take a look at these, look at the revenue, look at the receipts. You know, we track um, things like, you know, charge per visit, charge. Per oh, visit. yes. Because Thank you. <laughs> and you can track and trend. Okay, shoot, what's going on here? You know, and, and it may be a payer contract issue. It may be a billing process yes. issue, but you have to have, you know, a, a set of metrics. And sometimes I feel like, you know, for us, we have metrics that are big picture, right? Just a high level, just a few. Mm-hmm. And I have that on one tab. And then we'd get into the details on other tabs because, so there are going to be some physicians who are part of that practice who just want to see that big picture. And then there's right. the owners or others that are going to want to dive into the details. Yeah. And so it's how do we switch between that big picture view and then get into the weeds when you need to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm trying to, you know, now help other private practices realize like, how do you use these numbers too? right? You know, for your practice, because I, and I love that you guys are doing that. Cause like I've asked, I've asked for reports where it's like, we break down, you know, per code that I, cause you know, you have like 25 or 30 codes that you'll bill, you know, per code by insurance, like what is the average I'm getting paid on these? And it's helped me make decisions as to which insurances to drop because I'm technically kind of a hybrid at this point. Um, I don't take all insurances and there's some that are on that chopping block, (laughs) but like those reports are super helpful for me. So like that. So, and that's a good segue. So talk to me about, you know, your company and that service that you provide 
and, you know, really how you're getting in there and helping other private practices. Oh yeah. So, um, so I started a company this year called visionary practice solutions. The whole idea is to help other private practice, um, potential owners or owners, you know, create a vision of life and practice that like they deserve that they want. Um, and whether that is, you know, the help going from, you know, zero to getting your doors open. Um, you know, if I had had the help starting out, I mean, I would have gotten there so much quicker, um, or, you know, deep dive diving into people's current existing practices to really spend like, you know, six months or a year just focusing in on, okay, what are the goals you have for your practice? How do we get you there? And it's everything from, you know, okay, you have higher revenue goals than you're currently bringing in. Let's look at ways to do that. You know, and billing is one of those ways. Um, You know, the other thing is passive sources of income, like I talked about with the spa, you know, and sometimes it's the people just want to have more time to be home with their family. Okay, great. Let's have you work less. You know, I work three days a week right now and I'm profitable and I'm able to pay my bills and do what I need to do. And if that's what you want, you know, maybe we relook at how your hours are being done, your efficiencies in your office, you know, what other services you're offering that maybe aren't necessarily billing through insurance. So it's just coming up with really creative ways to help people make the practice what it is they want. You know, you went and invested all of this time and money into getting here. Like you deserve to have that. (laughs) So I love that. Yeah. (laughs) And it's helping tailor that, like you said, individually, right? Like some people may be at a point in their career where they want to cut back even further, or some people may be at that ramp up stage and how do I get more patients and how do I, you know, market myself. And all of that is very dependent on your specialty and Mm -hmm. type of practice and what you envision for yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And most of, you know, what's funny too, is because I'm, I'm podiatry and, and it's, I would have thought I would have been talking mostly with other podiatrists. I'm not. Like, like I'm mostly talking with like, I'll talk to OB-GYN and ophthalmology and like it's yeah. everybody, you know what I Cause private yeah. practice is private practice. It's a business and we right. practice medicine. Correct. That's it. Like it really does not matter that I build different codes. <laughs> at the end of the day, marketing and the other ways that you help think about that practice, it has less to do about your subspecialty and more just about the business of medicine, right? Yeah, it does. It does. And, and what you want that to look like. You know, I mean, I know in residency for me, even the private practices that I shadowed around, you know, they all did what everybody else did. And, you know, it was like, oh, you have to see from A to Z and, you know, everybody's built insurance and somebody else handles this. I don't worry about it. That was the number one thing with billing that I was like, really? We don't worry about that. Uh, (laughs) That's actually one of the things you do want to worry about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That, that seems pretty important. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That matters. Um, but you know, it was very, there wasn't much talk about the business side of it. Um, and you know, and I understand that now because, you know, at the time we're there to learn medicine, we're, we're still trying to get a hold of, you know, oh my gosh, how do I treat this patient? And that's different from this. And did I miss anything? And you know, these are the things that are running through your head, not how do I run a business? And so I, I think it becomes really intimidating. And I've realized that no matter your specialty, you know, we're busy taking care of patients. So if you can 
if you can set up the systems and the support, like from a good billing company, from, you know, your CPA, from like, there's a team of people that you will put together that if, as long as you have that good relationship with them and you are tracking it, you can do what you want to do. You can treat your patients, you can practice medicine, and you can have that freedom of running your own business. You don't have somebody telling you, you have to take so much call. You have to do so many hours. I need you to see 55 patients in a day. We're only yeah. going to pay you based on your relative value units. Like you don't have to deal with any of that. Like no, no. if I want to see 20 people in a day, great. If I'm like, I want to work a half day that day, I'm going to see eight people. Cool. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> That's fine. I know what the decision is, right? Like I know what I need to have brought in earlier that week in order to allow me to work only four (laughs) hours that Thursday. But, you know, I can make those decisions. And I think having that freedom of, you know, really dictating that patient doctor relationship again, I think that's how we're going to get back into doctors having a little more control over their lives and over medicine. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And it's that autonomy, I think, that also helps manage burnout, right? Because as you are able to make your own decisions and you know, the consequences of those decisions, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you, you know, that if you choose not to work next week, that that does impact your revenue. But at the same time, if you've planned for that, and if you're like, well, here's my revenue goal and I want to balance being able to take vacation, you know, this, you know, however frequently you want, then that's a decision you get to make. So yeah. Yeah. Like I know, I know a gentleman and I love this. I mean, he's got, he's just got a small practice, you know, he just does his thing. His overhead's not very big, but like he literally works six days, sees like 90 people in six days. And then he goes skiing for six days. And then he comes back and he works for six days and then he goes skiing for six days. Like, I love it. And he just, he's like at retirement age, he just doesn't, you know, he's like, I might sell it eventually, whatever. But, but like, he's perfectly happy doing that, but he's been in private practice this whole time. I'm like, that's, that's that's what that allows you to do. It allows you to live your life the way you want to live it, Yeah, you know? So yeah, it's super important in managing burnout because that is, that is probably the number one thing, especially for female physicians that I am hearing when I'm talking with other docs is that they're just exhausted. Like there, there's a moral injury with, you know, having to be told how you're going to treat your patients and then to still feel like you're having to work so much that you're not able to spend time with your family. Um, it's really, really hard. And I think people deserve to not have to deal with that. Like make your life what you want. So talk to me about your ideal client. Oh, you know, my ideal client is somebody who is, I think, just ready to make a change, you know, is is ready to really make their life what they want um, and is is at that place, you know. So I've I've certainly had clients that are starting from scratch and they're at the place where they need help with you know, where do I go to get signed up? Like, what do I have to do with secretary of state? How do I register my business? Like, mm-hmm. do I need to get with the department of revenue? Like those, those are things that now having set up three separate businesses, like I'm pretty good with that. Like that, yeah, yeah, that, that I could do in an afternoon. Like we got this, you know? So like some of that's super quick. Um, other stuff is actually really taking a deep dive into, you know, how is it that you're doing things in your office on a day-to-day basis? You know, walk me through how that works. And sometimes, you know, we'll use video to, you know, have them walk me through. They'll have a staff member that kind of, you know, has the camera with them or is at least kind of recording how they're, you know, how they're interacting with patients. Because sometimes it's a matter of they're not getting 
you know, people on board with their treatment plans. So they're not able to sell some of the ancillary services um, that they think would be good for patients. Sometimes it's just that like, they're not running things efficiently, Mm -hmm. but the ideal client is the one that is like, okay, I'm open. Not only am I open to help, but like, I know that I'm going to have to get real, real with myself (laughs) about like what can change. Um, Because a lot of this is some self-reflection and I, I, that's really the best way to put it. You know, as I've worked through it over the years, I have definitely had days where I've been pulling my hair out with tears. Like, what am I doing, you know, (laughs) with my (laughs) life? Like who decided to do this? I decided to do this. Um, And, you know, it, it just guided me into realizing like, okay, I don't, I don't want to practice this way. This whole, for me personally, you know, this whole, like just seeing as many insurance patients as I possibly can in a day is wearing me out. You know, my interactions with, with patients, it takes a lot of energy out of me. And, and I've had to admit that to myself and not feel like I'm, you know, not a good doctor because of that. It's just how I am. I'm a little more introverted and you know, most people wouldn't think that when they meet me, I but was like, about to I say, am I would not ever think that Yeah, but- no, no, no. I totally am. <laughs> like I would be perfectly happy just sitting in my garden all day and not ever talking to another human being. My poor husband knows this. So, like, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, for me, it, it, takes quite a bit of energy to be around that many people in a day and one-on-one interactions with them. And so, you know, I've had to recognize that like, okay, I do better doing all of that in one day. Cause once I switch that on for myself, I'm good to go. So I'll work like nine to seven, three days a week, but I have no ability to go to work and then come home at noon and turn it off. I'm not that person, right? You know, some people are, and man, kudos to them, like work a half day, six days a week, go for it. But I'm not that person. And, you know, you have to be open to really looking at what is it that's going to work for me? You know, what, what do I prioritize in my life? What do I want out of life? How how many vacations do I want to take? And that that's okay. Um, because I think when you're ready to start making those changes, that's when I can really help you do some work. Like we can get creative. It's good. <laughs> and how incredible is it? I mean, just the idea that you've been able to say, this is how I like my day. And this is how I'm going to be able to make that happen in my business, in my practice, be profitable, have some passive income. I mean, I am just in awe. That is so awesome. <laughs> I know so many of our listeners and our clients who do have, you know, their own wishes and desires for their practice and to complement, you know, whether it's our billing service or heck, even their own billing service that they have with something like what you offer to me is just a home run. Okay. So how do people find you? What's your website? What's your email? How do people find you? If anybody wants to get a hold of me, um, just honestly, send me an email. It's going to be um, all lowercase. It's Dr. D-R Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, V-P-S for Visionary Practice Solutions at gmail.com. And then I also have Dr. Sarah Coaching on Instagram and you can reach me there too. For our listeners, I will have all of these on the show notes. So you can take a look at that and in the post on our Facebook group, RevMD. So with that, I want to say thank you so much to Dr. Sarah for coming on. I am so excited about this episode. I'm so excited about the services you're offering and just the tips you brought with regards to how to make your practice profitable. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for offering the services that you do. Like really, truly everybody, this is the team you need. So get on it. 
appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us this week. If you missed our metric mastermind, feel free to join the waitlist. We're going to do another one here in the fall. And if there are any questions you guys have about your billing metrics or your billing process, feel free to reach out at info at nationalrevenueconsulting.com. And as always, share with a friend or invite them to the Facebook group, RevMD.